welcome to our podcast, COP26 and the Journey to Change, a podcast brought to you by Visit Scotland's business events team. COP26 is all about change, the vital and necessary change we need to make not just as individuals, but as communities, countries and continents, the global journey of change to address climate change and its impact. In this podcast, we will be discussing how the issues of change and sustainability affect the business events sector, and also how business events can help bring about the change that we need. We will be questioning what we can learn from COP26 and what our industry can do to change itself. And we'll be examining the COP26 programme themes, including energy, nature, youth and science, to find those crucial intersections where business events can make a difference and help achieve the outcomes of COP26 and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. At Visit Scotland, we believe that business events are more than just meetings. We believe business events can be catalysts for social and economic change. As Scotland welcomes COP26, we welcome you to our podcast. Stay tuned, follow for new updates and enjoy. Welcome everyone, the session's about to begin. Please take your seat and make yourself comfortable. Please ensure your tea and coffee is topped up and feel free to shut down your emails and enjoy the session. Today, we'll be discussing opening of negotiations. To help us in our discussions, we're delighted to be joined by Gillian Doherty, MBE, CEO of the Data Lab. And our guest host is Patrick Lamont. Hi, Gillian. Thank you so much for joining us today as COP26 kicks off in Glasgow. Today is a huge moment for Scotland with the eyes of the world on Glasgow, a very exciting day and also perhaps a truly significant day for the world, for our way of life. I hope that's not too overdramatic, but the message we've been hearing is that this event really matters. Things have to change now. Before we come back to COP specifically, I want to talk to you about events more generally. Today is a, a landmark day as the largest business event in Scotland's history gets underway. Several conferences have now taken place since the lifting of lockdown restrictions, which is fantastic. And we're all delighted to see face-to-face -face events happening again. But COP really puts business events back on the map, perhaps like never before. So, Gillian, one of the many things you do at the Data Lab has been to organise DataFest, an event that now attracts a global audience. Indeed, global delegates come to Scotland. Maybe you could tell us what DataFest is all about. And then how did you navigate the pandemic and not being able to organise DataFest as a live event? Well, first of all, let me just say it's absolutely fantastic to be here on such an important day and very, very excited for COP. Yes, the the work of the Data Lab includes our activity with DataFest, Scotland's annual innovation programme for showcasing great work on data, both here in Scotland and out internationally. Like many, actually, we were in the middle of DataFest in 2020 when the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. um, so we had to cancel it partway through, which was very challenging, but also absolutely the right thing to do to keep people safe. 
As we moved into 2021, we transitioned DataFest to much longer nine-month programme. We kicked off in May and we will run right through to the end of November. And we planned a whole series of DataFest weeks with different themes this year, really looking at how data innovation can impact many aspects of our life. So our first week was about our future. How is data science and AI impacting our future? Our second week was all around our people. So how is, is data being used uh, to support people and, and new solutions to support citizens, patients, um, and people in general? And then our third data face week was looking at our planet. We ran that in early October. It was a fantastic success and, and great leading up to today uh, and co-op starting. And then we will conclude uh, DataFest with a hybrid event at the end of November with um, hopefully our first physical audience of DataFest in 2021, um, alongside many more joining us virtually from not just Scotland, but from around the world. So we've pivoted, we've learned, we've shaped, we've delivered a great programme this year, but we really are looking forward to seeing people in person again. Fantastic. That sounds amazing. So rather than having that kind of one all at once kind of moment, it's been stretched across the year. So you're getting a, a constant engagement. Absolutely. And it gave us time to really look at delivering those focused weeks on what we think was three really important topics, you know, our future, our people and our planet. And then with our concluding event happening in a couple of weeks after COP. Fantastic. But now, of course, live events are possible again. So looking looking forward into 2022 and beyond, is the plan to go back to a full live event or do you think you'll carry on some aspect of the hybrid if that works well? I think we will carry on some aspects of the hybrid. We are looking at bringing DataFest back into a more concatenated timeframe and it will probably be later on in 2022. But we do anticipate being able to showcase some of the content out um, virtually as well as hopefully getting a lot more people back together again. We do feel that that has been a challenge. The networking aspects of the the digital platforms, as, as wonderful as, as they are and as well-developed that they've become over the last 18 months or so, there's something that you do miss by not getting together uh, and, and networking and meeting others in person. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's one thing about clicking the head to the lobby button and yes, starting that chat or digitally, just kind of like who's going to type first kind of thing, whereas... As you, if you pick up your coffee and you're walking through, you, you might see somebody you recognise or join a group of people, and that you can't quite get that online yet, perhaps. Yeah, the tools have come a long way, but I do think they're not as great as meeting in person. However, I will say that the ability to join events virtually has meant and that it's much more inclusive for those that maybe can't travel, for those that have other commitments that mean you know they can't physically come to a place. So I do think there's been some great benefits of that virtual aspect as well uh, and engaging an audience maybe that you wouldn't have otherwise. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how we manage that going forward in a kind of maybe a more hybrid way. Yeah, well, that's something that's really exciting. And we've definitely heard that, you know, in the industry that that initial fear, perhaps that live events were never going to come back. That was it. It was all going to be digital. We've not quite seen that. But like you say, there's there's opportunities to be embraced from what we've experienced in kind of the last 18 months. Definitely. And, and I think um, we ought to embrace those too. And that option of inclusivity, I think, is is really, really important. 
That's fantastic. I mean, and is there anything else that you think that face-to-face meetings are, why face-to-face is so important, apart from perhaps, you know, that spontaneous meeting of people, but do you kind of get a different experience when you actually attend in person? Does that still have a, a value? Well, certainly we found that welcoming international visitors to Scotland for DataFest in the past is many of them experiencing Scotland for the first time um, and all of the wonderful things that we have to offer here and and the experience. um, And with DataFest being a, a national event with activity all across the country, we've had visitors coming from California getting to see lots of different parts of Scotland. It's not just coming in to one city. You know, it's been fantastic to host our international visitors in the past to do that, to get a real opportunity to see our countryside, our wonderful cities, meet our wonderful citizens and to experience some of the other great finer things of Scotland, you know, our food and drink industry, among others. So we're definitely looking forward to being able to do that again. That's fantastic. And I actually think it's interesting when you say that, that even with obviously with data being like a, obviously a, a digital product and being something that you view on a screen, there still is that value in bringing people in to show them the institutions where people work and to, you know, see things in, in action as it were. Absolutely. And I think for building fabulous relationships between, say, industry and academia and underpinning, you know, hopefully many months, years and ongoing partnerships to explore innovation around data science and AI. Getting together helps build those relationships and those foundations that then you can you can work remotely and, and connect right across the world, you know, but uh, building on that foundation of strength from spending real quality time together, I think, can lead to more fruitful partnerships. That's a wonderful line, quality time. That's what events can bring us together to experience. Fantastic. Looking now perhaps at COP26 a little bit more specifically, and I'm curious, from the perspective of the data lab and data practitioners in general, what does COP26 mean to you? How does it impact what you do? Well, I think we explored some of these topics during our Planet Week, uh, and I'm certainly looking forward to today and beyond the next two weeks with COP. We have engaged in many projects where data is helping tackle some of the challenges that we are facing through climate change and enabling some solutions and capability and new products and new services that maybe previously weren't possible in driving towards that just transition to net zero. At the very basics, data is measuring what is happening with the environment. Um, Data is being gathered about the progress that we are making countries are making towards the commitments that they've previously made and and maybe more commitments that they'll make in the next two weeks. So at its foundational level, there is that. But then at, at other levels, there are some fantastic new climate tech businesses here in Scotland that are building new solutions, um, many of whom have data analytics, AI at the heart of them around things like building management and monitoring and improving their impact on the environment through to improving uh, maintenance of offshore wind farms, for example, gathering weather data, um, predictive maintenance and sensor data from the actual turbines themselves and optimising maintenance packages such that you can uh, increase the output and uptime of, of wind turbines, right through to personal calculators 
that we can use as individuals that can help us uh, contribute our part into the challenge that we face. So we, we're in a really exciting place because it, it almost doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're a small startup or a large multinational, data can be used in new ways to help you meet your goals, not just your business and strategy goals, but also your commitments to help tackle these global climate change challenges. Amazing. I was love listening to you speak. I'll confess, I did see you at TEDx a couple of years ago in Glasgow when you spoke about the future of what you know, what your daughter's life might look like in 15 or 20 years, you know, 3D printed clothes when she wakes up in the morning. And to hear you again there, there's so many possibilities and so many ways that data and technology, of course, touches our lives that we don't even, you know, day to day appreciate what's going on out there. Absolutely. And I'm really excited by the opportunity that we are seeing in Scotland. Some of those climate tech businesses I mentioned and the commitments that hopefully will be made in the next two weeks will lead to really significant action. And I truly believe data will be at the heart of many of those actions. Really exciting. Okay, Gillian, well, I think it's maybe time to get a little break and have a tea and a coffee. Please make your way to the foyer where tea and coffee will be waiting for you. We'll see you back here soon. Don't be late. We won't wait for you. So, Gillian, here we are having a nice tea and or a coffee. What's your preference, tea or coffee? Tea in the morning, coffee in the afternoons. Oh, that way round. Yeah, that way round, actually. <laughs> yep, it's uh, an odd one, but I, I like some tea in the morning and uh, I move on to coffee in the afternoons. Keep you going. So thinking about events, and I'm sure you, no, of course, you organise your own event, but you must attend a few around the world as well. Do you prefer drinks receptions or an intimate dinner? I think they each have their place. Um, and I do think there's benefits of both. So uh, drinks receptions and, and maybe a more fluid, um, dynamic event means maybe you get a chance to interact with many more people. Sit down in-depth conversations over dinner are great for maybe deeper conversations um, so so I like them both um, they both have their place and looking forward to doing more in the future very balanced answer but definitely looking forward to getting back out and traveling a wee bit perhaps yes I'm definitely looking forward to meeting some people that I haven't seen for a good couple of years um, and also to to meeting new organizations new people that can help us and can help Scotland Oh, I love it. You know, I was actually at my first event a couple of weeks ago and having spent, you know, that pandemic period behind the screen and on Zoom and things like that, it was just really nice to get back with your peers and to see people face to face you've not and at a drinks reception with a wee glass of bubbly. It was a very good atmosphere. You know, I think we'd all we'd all missed each other. There's a really good energy in the room. Absolutely. I think uh, we we're humans and humans enjoy spending time with other human beings. Um, and so it, it's really exciting to be back out and uh, enjoying a, a cup of coffee with you today. Yes, lovely. <laughs> this, is a, this is a pretty big question. Maybe it's quite a deep one, but what's the best piece of advice you've received in your career? That is a great one for, for over the coffee break. I, I think the best piece of advice is if someone offers you an opportunity, say yes and then figure out how to do it later. So if you're not sure, there are doors open in your career that you think, should I step through that? Should I say yes to that opportunity? Uh, and I've learned over the years that it's great just to say, yep, because you never quite know what might come from saying yes. Oh, amazing, absolutely. Very inspirational. I think we'll definitely all remember that <laughs> one for as we go back into the main session. 
and I think that's what we're going to do now. The next session is about to begin. Please make your way back to the auditorium. So beyond COP26, which is of course really focusing on net zero and our carbon impact, one of the six transformations to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals is the digital revolution. And as you've already alluded to, this revolution clearly includes data and how data can help achieve those goals. Is this something that you've been directly involved in? Well, yes, many of our projects are related to the breadth of the SDGs commitments. And in terms of digital transformation, we have been supporting several projects, not just over the last 18 months, but also going beyond that and the the commitment at a Scotland level on digital transformation and supporting digital transformation businesses. So, for example, our torch service, which is uh, it's called Torch because it shines a light on the pathway forward uh, for those on our data journey. And that service helps companies and organisations understand how do they get to impact faster using their data. Um, and many of those are broadening beyond digital transformation into actually using not just digital, but data and other technologies to really accelerate either business growth, delivering own charity commitments, if it's a third sector organisation or other organisational objectives. So we do see that significantly. I think the other thing to mention is that earlier on in 2021, Scotland launched the Scottish AI strategy. The tagline of Scotland's AI strategy is trustworthy, ethical and inclusive. And it talks about how Scotland's deployment of AI should align with their national performance framework, which is quite closely aligned to the SDGs. So within that strategy, really looking at how do we use artificial intelligence to the benefit of our people? And if we use that as our North Star, it needs to be right for the economy because that will create jobs and, and wealth that is closely linked to health and well-being. And then actually it should be good for our environment. So if it's good for our people, then it should work for our economy, should work for our society, and it should work for our planet. So we're really excited about the implementation of the recommendations that were made in the AI strategy for Scotland. That's really exciting. And funnily enough, in business events, we're also doing something very similar and trying to align what we do to the national performance frameworks, which, as you say, are very, very closely related to the UN SDGs, and it can all work together really in harmony like that. We hear that Scotland can be a data leader, which is very exciting, perhaps already is a data leader, I should say. But I'm curious, what does leadership and data look like? What are your ambitions? And I guess, coming back to business events, do business events and does DataFest have a role to play in achieving that kind of leadership position? So absolutely. In terms of events and the impact on that, yes, I'll maybe come back to that in a second. Scotland's been making great strides on the work, not only that the Data Lab does, but many others in the ecosystem do, um, developing Scotland's technology environment and technology sector, uh, right through to both digital and data transformation and adoption across all of the breadth of our industries. Some of the feedback that we have received internationally about the AI strategy and its real goal to put people at the heart of what we do for AI has been applauded by other nations around the world. It's not all about money. It's not all about, you know, huge investments. It's about how do we use technology to make our lives better? It's been great to get that feedback from 
bodies in the US, from Scandinavia, from New Zealand and Australia. And so that's really exciting. So I do think we are getting some things right. We still have a journey to go on. Ultimately, that data leadership role is, is about helping right across our economy, private sector, public sector and third sector really move forward on their data journey. Those that might be at earlier stages in the journey, how do we get them moving? Those at more advanced stages, how do we make sure they're leveraging really cutting edge technology and innovation to, to drive their objectives? So I think we're in a great place. We've done lots of amazing things over the last few years. We've got some way to go, but I do think that we are now building up that reputation and certainly our, our events calendar, DataFest and, and other events, technology events right across Scotland are helping to showcase that not just locally, but at a UK level, across Europe and then out internationally. Absolutely brilliant. I'm really interested to perhaps learn more about the AI strategy and what AI can do because you, you mentioned earlier that it can be used to autonomously, of course, measure and report back and all kinds of things. So does that use of AI, does that kind of cut down the need for human intervention in places and makes things easier and quicker to do in terms of monitoring and evaluating? Well, that's a, a really interesting question. I, you know, AI absolutely at the moment is being developed and helping to do very specific things very well. Definitely using technologies like AI to automate processes. But we clearly think that you shouldn't take humans out the loop (laughs) and to ensure that the AI is ethical and inclusive and trustworthy. We need to make sure that um, humans are in the loop and in designing, implementing, reviewing, um, that we use diverse teams in this space. So I think that AI is another tool in the toolbox if you want to think about it like that. Let's use it where it is relevant. Let's use it where it can help, but let's make sure that we are asking the right questions that the challenges around bias and unfairness and unintended consequences of using technology such as AI is is really thought about quite deeply and at the forefront of future deployments. Fantastic. Gillian, it's an exciting day ahead and it's an exciting couple of weeks to look forward to with lots going on in Glasgow. Thank you so much for your time and we'll look forward to speaking to you again in the future perhaps. Thank you very much. our session to a close. We hope you've enjoyed it and will join us again next time where we'll be discussing World Leaders Summit, the Convention Bureau perspective. Thank you for attending today's session. See you soon.